This is the Business of Cannabis, a joint venture between the Green Generation Co. and the Cannabis 101 podcast. Bringing you the latest bud, biz, buzz. Excited about this week's edition of the Business of Cannabis with Malcolm LaBelle of the Green Generation Company. You can uh, find them online at greengencompany.com. And uh, Malka, when we... Uh, when we talk about the uh, the cannabis industry and some of the, I guess the the next wave of products, one of those is beverages, and um, you know, to to kind of put it in in terms, it's not exactly going down easy right now. Yeah, and I think it's just too early. Like, I mean, I not to say that I, the concept is is not great. I think more is that. Um, it's, it's doing more harm than good. And, and, and really why I say this is if you look back at like when the companies got started um, raising money, you know, back in before legalization and some of the big names joined up with some bigger names in the alcohol world for, you know, put the big guns on the, on the board and now they seems to be sort of having to walk in and, and run everything because the, the operations aren't going great. But what was the original thought around this was that, you know, they wanted to go head to head against the alcohol industry, which in theory sounded fantastic. Um, you know, there's lots of social alcohol users. They thought that there'd be you know, a lot more uptake of new cannabis users that they could provide uh, some an alternative to alcohol, right? So here's an opportunity, here's a space that's never been done before, um, you know, for the for people to use cannabis in, you know, short onset, quick offtake uh, situations, like in restaurants or golf games, you know, drinking in public, uh, in public, you know, events as opposed to, smoking, right, so that people had this other option. And I think, you know, this has been sort of the big sell to the investors was this could take on big alcohol, but it's just way too early, and some of the products have come out, and they're just not that good. Um, so it's sort of putting a damper, and obviously the sales aren't that good either, so I think it's really putting a damper on that initial, you know, bright spot that everyone was so excited about. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting situation with drinks, um, you know, and and kind of the industry as a whole is, you know, the it seems like there there's a rush to get as many things out as possible, which the consumer wants, right? They they want choice. They've heard about all these things. What is it? Do you think there's going to be a step back? Do you think they're just going to keep putting out products and trying to improve on the fly? Like, what is the solution? <laughs> well, the solution is you know, to go back to the drawing board and, like, business 101, like, strategy 101 is build a long-term plan and learn about what your customers really want and need. Like, I think what they're doing is they're throwing dirt at the wall or spaghetti and seeing what's going to be, you know, a, a plate of food at the end of the night. And mm-hmm. I think that's just it's ill-conceived. And not to say that it's not, you know, it's not part. The strategy was not thought about. I think it's just the, there has been so many externalities that have not, gone well and the, the bigger the bigger part part of this part part of this is that you know a lot of these companies just assumed that if you build it they will come but that that may be true but if the, the they as in the customers can't get to it can't try it because a they're not there's not a place where they can use it because of regulations you can't there is no such place where you can consume public uh, publicly cannabis in any form like there is no such thing as 
legal use within an establishment, not in Canada, actually not anywhere other than maybe Amsterdam and the, like the nine licenses in West Hollywood that haven't even opened yet. Um, so I think we're just really early. And but the, the negativity around it is hitting the headlines because that's all people can talk about when they're restricted about talking about the benefits that cannabis can bring for people or, you know, in, in, uh, speak about, about the product in any sort of way that would bring reason for them to, you know, judge it positively or negatively, which is part of the regulation. So I think that's a big part of it is that the timing is not right. And so, you know, that timing is huge, right? You know, when it comes to product rollout, um, that's a major part of the strategic uh, part of things. Um, but there also is another big piece of this, which is just, it's sort of been kind of glossed over. I mean, ca- cannabis companies, even the ones that are, you know, really excited about them, they talk about all how this is a great thing because all of a sudden they turned a cannabis, you know, cannabinoid molecule, um, into, which is normally a fat-soluble, you know, molecule, into a water-soluble, you know, soluble molecule. That's a chemical-changing technology, right? This is a new way of, of, um, of picking, picking a molecular compound and changing it into something else with the, with the advent of adding up some sort of patented or patentable uh, intellectual property. And that scared me as a consumer, you know, like, the, and, and not just me, but I was at this conference, like this cruel virtual conference in the U.S. where their cannabis services are not legal in most of the states that do even have rec, rec cannabis. Like there's a lot of places they've said no to beverages already. They've already said, sorry, we're not even going to bring these in yet because of the fears of, we just don't know what just happens to this molecule when it, goes into your body like we don't know it doesn't leave your body because they're doing these tests and they're seeing that it doesn't exit the body uh, in any way that the typical cannabis does so then they're wondering hmm where is it going is that a good thing what's like it just to me just brings up so many more questions for a consumer you know so that's why i'm skeptical um and it's just so far from the traditional uses that you know, it's almost like a Franken thing. <laughs> so I, I, I'm skeptical. I'm, I'm, I thought the concept of the prospect at the outset was great, but the timing and the execution and the lack of research on how it affects people, I, I think we're just a little bit too early. So that's, uh, that's what I'm getting worried about. All right. So from something that is uh, still in the experimental stage to something that has been uh, perfected by uh, thousands uh, of people over time, not by me, um, certainly, (laughs) but rolling of the joint uh, is something that I don't think is, you know, you can, we can talk about drinks and, and, and edibles and vapes and this, the joint is never going to go away. Uh, and, and this is a, a company that we're talking about in change makers, J roll. I absolutely uh, love this concept. I can't roll. This is exactly for me. Yeah. I think, you know, if you look at, uh, here, I'm putting on my business hat again, you know, that's kind of what I do, but for my, my, my time in my MBA, one of the best strategic plays about how do you, how do you change, uh, perception? How do you change direction? How do you get people to, to, to try something new? Is you start with the low-hanging fruit. You start with the people that already really like the product and the use of it, but maybe just can't quite get it or use it in the way that they would like. And to me, the joint is like the, you know, in the words, the great words of the great Anthony Bourdain, there are only two things that you need to know how to do in your life. And if you don't master them, it can be a waste. I think that's something to that effect with this quote 
those two things are rolling a joint and wiping your ass. <laughs> so, you know, I have to, I thought of this, I thought of that more day, may he rest in peace, when I saw this bare opportunity because J-Roll, exactly, when talking to the owners of the company, they are talking about people that like the classic joint, but just don't have the ability to use it. So they developed the technology, which is essentially just an accessory. So it isn't even a regulated cannabis good. It's just a better way and a faster way to to roll many joints for the consumer. And this is a space that has not yet been done. Um, There are joint rolling machines. I mean, how how do you think pre-rolls and cones in the stores are happening? Like, there there are larger sizes of joint rolling technology, like a mass equipment type thing. I think Butola is the the big name behind that. Um, But this technology is like like the curing for joints. That's how I thought. It's a a cool-looking device to sit on your table or your countertop. You can take it with you if you went on vacation. And in this day and age, where you really don't want to be passing the joint, which was a part of the, you know, the ritual of sharing and socializing with joints before, everyone needs to have their own for COVID or whatever. This is perfect. Mm-hmm. So you bring your weed, and you everyone packs their, uh, puts their stuff in their in the device, and it pops out a machine at the uh, joint at the press of the button. It's super cool. It really is. I mean, you know, th- this is uh, ideal for somebody that, uh, you know, maybe has uh, some arthritis or, or some some hand issues and, and physically can't roll a joint. Well, they can, you literally put your, your cannabis in the machine, it weighs it, it grinds it, it separates it into joints, um, you know, for, for people that want uh, something else uh, in the, you know, some people like uh, spliffs. So uh, there's, there's so many options for that. For me, you know, I started out with one of those manual rollers where you feed the paper in and now i've gone yeah. to i have a bit of an electronic roller this is something that that i would do i would you know you know roll a number of joints for the entire week and it uh you know yeah. i i don't have that uh, ritual aspect that some people do um because i can't do it so this is this is just yeah. something that's perfect for me i absolutely love having a pre-rolled joint uh if i have nothing to do uh in the morning or when i'm done all my stuff and i just want to have a joint it's already done so i i really love the concept of this yeah exactly and you hit the nail on the head with the, the accessibility a big part of their market is the medical market right because medical people a lot of the traditionalists you know the ACMCR growers they're using cannabis because of a physical or you know a serious mental situation where they cannot physically roll so they're dabbing or they're going to the concentrates or they're just you know doing a ton of vaporization anyways which is you know dry dry, dry fire vaporization or um, um, bold and bonds, which is the traditional way. So this is a great, you know, accessibility play um, that helps people that really want to um, get to the form that they like the best in a consistent way. It's not the measuring, like you said. But the huge play here for a business opportunity is the branding. Yes. Like, I'm excited because I'm going to make my own line of, you know, green generation papers or something. And that's where the money is, right? The margin is in the papers and then the accessories. And that's what this, where I see this going. And it's, it's the, the, the partnerships that they've already got started are going to open the door exponentially in that space. And I'm so excited. So, you know, keep watch. <laughs> no doubt. And the cannabis connoisseur, uh, you know, when you're, if you're, if you're the type of person that uh, is maybe in some sort of, uh, you know, cannabis uh, entertainment situation, whether you're, you know, be a bud tent for people, 
this is perfect for that sort of industry where they, you know, prepackage some of their stuff. So there's a lot of uh, um, uh, appeal with this. And, and I'm really excited for, for this to end up in stores and stuff uh, because uh, I've, been a, I've been a fan. Ever since I saw that first video that uh, kind of went viral uh, on the internet, I've been wanting, you know, I've been in and chatted with uh, the, the gentleman behind it. So big fan of uh, J-Roll for sure. And I'm also a big fan of what it means to be green. And that's the, the final segment of of this segment that we do. And, and, and in, in this instance, uh, what it means to be green means go, but not so fast. Yeah. So I, I was thinking like stoplight, go light, you know, like yeah. that, like and green light. So this is in regards to, you know, I had a great conversation this week with uh, the CEO of the Grasslands Paper Collective and, and uh, Lindsay Black is the CEO and, and, you know, Brad bless his he is, he has climbed to the mountain and back for this uh, organization. He used to be a former Alberta PC government cabinet minister. So he knows the government angle, like the back of his hand, inside and out. And he's, just, he's passionate about bringing the small craft cultivation in a large way to the Canadian cannabis uh, market, but also in building a scalable operation. So what do I mean by green means go, but not so fast? Well, you know, they're doing great things. This Jotham's Paper Collective they really figured out um, how to create a model that allows um, smaller cannabis growers uh, and craft cultivators and you know people that want to move into the the, um, the green market, the, you know, the legal side. The unfortunate thing is they still are getting a lot of pushback um, or finding the right you know people to be those craft growers. I think that's one hurdle that they're still facing because it's. There's still a market out there for the gray market. Unfortunately, that has not gone gone away. And even I think there's a lot of groups out there that are really working hard. I know uh, Hattie and the Square Foot Growth Systems is another example. There's a lot of groups that are really pushing to make it easier, lower the barriers, make it accessible and affordable to bring this amazing quality um, growers, these master growers, into the green the green side and the legal realm. And you know they they're it's just, it's, unfortunately, we're just, it's, there's a stigma on both sides. And this is where we're really seeing the rubber that hits the road, um, is that attracting some of these craft growers, they're doing it, but they need, you need to be more. We need to bring more over. So it's, it's not so fast, and that's what I mean by uh, by this little segment here. And, but there's it's a huge opportunity, and there's great groups like these out there that are wanting to nurture these smaller craft growers, but in a larger ecosystem where everything's set up for them. Um, in parts of the of the country that are set up for agra tech and and agra, they're calling it um, it's like plant bio plant sciences um, agra tech is removing the cannabis so that the stigma lowers and, and attracting other types of technologies to really practice and, and learn about um, how like even like blockchain and these these collectives are amazing because they're really working on some really cool stuff that attracting the uh, sort of the old school or the legacies uh, or the ma- the crafts and micros to them has been a little bit challenging. And I think we really need to uh, emphasize how amazing that story can be for them. Well, it's interesting. There, there are barriers that are keeping some people from buying legally. You know, some of it is, is price. Um, there are other people that uh, just feel um, for whatever reason that it's gone too corporate. Well, I don't know how you legalize and not have it be uh, some sort of, uh, corporate in cannabis, but 
what you're talking about, if you're bringing craft and you're bringing micro producers in there, um, I think some of those other people are going to be like, oh, well, I, I feel a little bit more comfortable. This feels a little bit more like what I was used to. The bottom line is, um, you know, the, the goal is to get the, the gray market down as much as possible. And that, that's just not right happening right now. It's not. And I, I, I mean, I have some theories, but I'm not going to go there on today's show. Um, but I really, I want to help. Like there's, I'm, I'm, I'm of the kind of people where, you know, I understand there could be issues from your past, whatever, but let's start fresh. You know, we have this opportunity to bring something of real, real value to the Canadian market and be a leader around the world. I mean, we have a great market here, but you know, when it's like around the world, it's much of a bigger problem than it is, you know, here. So let's build a pathway, you know, let's so the demand for the, the craft product is so huge. You know, we see things, some of the groups that have already gone started, the um, the Salt Spring Island uh, guys out there that, that they're bringing there. Yeah, good buds, that's it. They, there's a few of these really great craft brands and also craft product that's coming in through the bigger brands, the LPs that are buying up the craft product. And we're seeing that are coming through already. And I think that they just, they need to know that they're not going to get, you know, like thrown under the bus. I think they need a, a warm and comforting people that are willing to bring them into these collective or these collaborative environments where um, their skills are of value and their experience are of value and they're going to get remunerated for their hard work and compensated with bonuses and things so that they don't feel that they're, you know, they're selling out. And I think that's, I think, I think that that might be part of the stigma on the, on that side is my, is my theory, but you know, Keeping the gray side afloat with the demand from the public is a part of it too. So I think if we continue to talk about these positive, you know, ways that it can happen, um, and showing the, the love of the product from the consumer side, I think that's that's the best way. One hundred percent, and and hopefully we'll we'll get there, and you know people can jump on for the ride, and and everybody's happy in the end. Uh, Malka, this has been a lot of fun. You can check out more information at www.greengencompany.com, and Malka Labelle joins me each week for the business of cannabis. Thanks once again, Malka. Have a great week. Thanks, Dean. You as well.